This episode of the All Things Go podcast is presented by Atlas Hair. Are you ugly? Yeah, we thought so. Lucky for you, we've got something for that. Atlas is an elite line of hairstyling products with cologne fragrances to help quaff that mop into something straight out of Hollywood and smell like you're the guy she's going home with tonight. Half of our products also contain a hair thickening ingredient to help those of us who are getting a little thin up top to make the most of what we got. Get started today at atlashair.com and use the promo code NASCAR for 20% off your entire order. We can't fix your face, but we can at least give you a fighting chance. Atlashair.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-H-A-I-R.com. Welcome in to the All Things Go podcast, episode 38. I'm your host, Derek Yoder, joined as always by my co-host, Brian Murphy, at Brian underscore Murphy underscore on Twitter. And Brian, it's been way too damn long, so how the heck are you? Good. Um, Yeah, man, it's just been such a busy month for me. Um, You know, I was able to go to Watkins Glen, uh, go to Gateway with Nitro Motorsports and that Trans Am team. I went to Colorado for a cousin's mm-hmm. wedding. That was such a fun experience to go out there. Went to Breckenridge. Um, man, it's weird to sit in a cabin and and be at 11,500 11, feet just consistently. Um, but what a beautiful area. If you can ever get out there, it is a hallmark town. It is just a gorgeous place. Nice little town, nice little restaurants, breweries. Um, and then last week, I was able to go to VIR with uh, Josh and... and um, baby face fabrication so um busy busy month for me i know you and you what your wife had uh you know a big milestone last week if you want to touch on that yeah yeah uh last week my wife opened up her first uh brick and mortar uh location she has an online women's boutique so she uh that was five years in the making so we were able to celebrate that uh last thursday uh, we did a friends and family and then Friday and Saturday were her grand opening. So uh, really cool. Uh, it's fun to support your spouse and watch her uh, really you know, achieve some of the goals and just amazing to see some of those accomplishments. And what was crazy was I put it out on Twitter and I got an email from a guy that is the director of operations for a betting company and another guy that has been following my content as well. And they live locally and they've been following my stuff for years and so we were able to connect that way the one uh, gentleman actually lives where brielle shop uh, in that development area so uh really cool but yeah like you said you were busy very much so i've been busy as well so uh long time coming back but i think it was a good uh maybe a little rest relaxation if you will and, and just kind of recharge our batteries with the uh this podcast so you said that you were away uh in colorado did you feel you know, some of the different atmosphere, uh, whenever you kind of get off the plane, could you tell, you know, that everything felt a little bit different when you were breathing in the air there? Uh, when I got out there initially, it wasn't so bad. And, and, you know, obviously people, some people know, you know, I've climbed Mount Rainier, I've been to high altitudes and I've, I've never had any kind of sickness. Um, you know, my mom being older, um, you know, I know she, she had some headaches and, and some of the other folks in the, in the party did, um, but you know, I, I was fine, but I will say after about five or six days, you know, again, consistently above 10,000 feet, um, I was ready to come home and, and breathe the sea level <laughs> air. So, uh, yeah. good. but again, beautiful area, beautiful wedding was an absolute pleasure to go out there. Um, so, but Hey, I'm ready to be home. And, uh, like I said, I've, I've had a month. Of, well, I say I'm ready to be home and, and I was, here we are. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're actually packing up. I, I, I took today off. We're going to pack up the camper and we're going to head out to the outer banks for about five days. So, um, Hey, that's why remember a couple months ago when I left SHR, this is why I did it. Yep. So I could, uh, yep. you know, relax and, and do the things I've done over the past month and, um, you know, a couple more months, but, I'm getting I'm getting a little itchy here. I, you know, I need to find yeah. something. I'm starting to get bored. I always tell everybody, I feel like if I won a million dollars, I could easily stay home and do nothing my whole life. I don't I don't think I could do that. I got yeah, I got three months <laughs> under my belt. I'm starting to get a little uh, impatient here. 
I was going to say, stay, you know, you're ready to kind of get back at it. And yet here you are traveling, like you said, uh, which is why we're doing the podcast a, a day early. And then you went to the Packers game down in Atlanta. You've been to all these races, Broke helping out with various teams. Broke your heart. Yeah, I know yes. you and I as Packers fans, that was a that was a bad loss because Atlanta is not good at all. And so yeah. to lose that game and I know we've had some injuries uh, and then obviously the Packers just lost uh, here this past Thursday night against Detroit. So Brian Kozlowski and you guys were having good conversations there and uh, was really cool with Brian uh, when we I was listening to the race on Sunday. I didn't realize he was one of the spotters uh, for one of the cars, which was cool because that came kind of down to the end with where he was in a good position uh, yeah. making some moves. Yeah. So that was um, cool to Brian. So obviously he spotted, I think, what, two yep. for um, his uh, brother brad yep. because of yep. uh, tabs uh or uh, not, um oh my god i'm having a, a brain fart here who's this i'm gonna see if you get this i want to see if you get this <laughs> uh um <laughs> it's too early man tj um, major yeah yeah oh my god yeah. um but yeah the, you know, t helping uh tj out when when he had his surgery um and then yeah. you know now he has spotted i believe every race riley has ran the cup series this year Okay. So it's it's really cool to see Brian transition from you know all the things he's done in his motorsports career to ultimately a very very good spotter and I, and I know he's looking Correct. for a a full-time spotting job. He deserves a full-time spotting job. Um you know his knowledge behind the race car, his knowledge working on race cars would be um just so useful for a driver of any skill set whether it be a veteran or a rookie and um, you know, and again, we always talk about how passionate Brian is. I would love to see him uh, on top of the booth and or on top of the uh, stand and, and spotting for someone weekly. Yeah, that would be fun. Uh, like you said, I mean, him and Riley, they were they were in the mix. I mean, they were top four coming down to the end. I, I was pulling so hard for Kevin. I was hoping Harvick would get his win, you know, in his final year. Uh, and of all places, Talladega would have been just the funniest place, well, too, because so I, I, I I'm 99% sure about this stat. Do you know out okay. of all the 35, 40, how many wins does Kevin Harvick and Rodney Childers have? I'm not 100% sure, but it's 40-something maybe. Yeah. Um, they have not won one race on a restrictor plate or super speedway oh. style track. I believe that. That is, I do believe that. Now, it, if you would go back to like the championship year and then even like you guys in 2019, 2020, I mean, there's some videos sometimes circulating of like how good you guys were um, at Talladega. I think even when Kurt Busch was there, mm -hmm. where like the four cars were like faster than the entire field. 2018 um, Talladega, yeah. That's it. That's it. Yep. Yeah. So I was, I was pulling uh, for Kevin. I was hoping he was going to get the win. Uh, but when I saw, you know, kind of it breaking up in the back and that line, the high line was just not as in sync as it was uh, where Byron was pushing Blaney. And then unfortunately, Riley got turned uh, just coming to the checker and then it caused that big wreck. But everybody was crossing the start finish line as they were wrecking. So uh, bummer, but it was good to see Riley. We've talked about Riley before, you know, good to see Riley get a good finish in the Cup Series. And uh, although it's Talladega, it was good to see, you know, SHR kind of. Uh, show a little muscle uh the really cool thing was you know from a fan's perspective was the talladega knights you know potter had a a big big role in that uh talladega night stuff with uh the 41 and the 14 so uh that was kind of cool to see but i know you love uh talladega night so i could give you the floor all day to talk yeah. about that movie yeah. <laughs> <laughs> jokingly of course because you are not a fan of that so i was trying to tee you up there but i got what i wanted <laughs> No, but it was it was good to see SHR run good and um yeah. You know, if there's one thing that place concentrates maybe to a fault so much on it's super speedway racing. Yeah. And you know, from the DEI days, you know, all the guys that came over from DEI over to Stuart Haas, um just over the years of success that organization has had at super speedways, it's good to know that they still can you know, they still have the super speedway magic in their back pocket constantly and um you know that you, you you can't take that away from them i mean it's 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 a it's a special skill set it's a special mindset you know we've talked on the last episode about super speedway racing and um you know it's it's tough to find gains there sometimes it's not 
worth you know the juice isn't worth the squeeze when it comes to super speedway racing but they man they can find it they always have bad fast cars the one thing i just don't understand is how they can be so good at every single super speedway the whole field can be so good when it comes to daytona 500 qualifying what the Hendrick cars just always have it there for just for qualifying. They haven't even raced very well the last couple of years, but no. I don't understand how just that one moment that the Hendrick cars can be so much faster than everybody and then really not as relevant throughout the rest of the year, you know, uh, when it comes to super speedway racing. It's a good question. It is also the only qualifying of a super speedway where it is in uh, the nighttime conditions. And we've seen Ford just do really well. Uh, when it gets to you know some of those super speedway elements and it's kind of the daytime, one o'clock, noon, whenever they're qualifying. So it is interesting. Uh, Hedrick puts a little bit more emphasis on uh, interesting things. Definitely the qualifying there, uh, breaking packages at Martinsville is another. Like there's just there are these types of events. Uh, one thing I was thinking about curious from your vantage point because last time we did a podcast it was right before darlington so we haven't even got to talk about the playoffs at all but uh, obviously you know this is a cutoff week going to the roval what's been the biggest surprise in your mind when it comes to the playoffs whether somebody that's doing well somebody that's out uh or somebody that's maybe uh struggling man um i i guess the first one that comes to mind for me is kyle bush they yeah they struggled the last half of the regular season i'll say and i really really thought that they would be able to collect themselves and make a really really strong push here in the playoffs and really it's mm -hmm. been nothing but the same that we saw again the last half of the regular season um you know a little disappointing i you can see it in in, in kyle's you know his demeanor and all of that mm -hmm. you know he's obviously disappointed it's it's nothing really you can put your finger on. I think it's just a multiple instances that just result in some bad luck or some bad decision making. But, um, you know, I think that's first and foremost. I think the second one is, you know, I, th I think Bubba Wallace is making a, oh, a, I agree. a uh, Chase Briscoe 2022 run here where he is just yeah. not making mistakes. He's consistent. Um, you know, he's, he's taking advantage of, of, the other's faults and you know again the chase briscoe damn near made it into the championship four last year yeah. just doing what he needed to do not making mistakes not beating himself and and i see a lot of bubble waltz's run in in what we saw in, in chase uh briscoe last year so um you know really cool to see that great for that team um but you know and, and i really honestly thought Blaney wasn't going to be able to make it that far. And now he's mm -hmm. already locked into the round of, of eight. So, um, yeah, I, I think if we go back and look at both of our uh, brackets, mine's destroyed. Mine's, mine's <laughs> just been, I might as well hang it up and shoot with the shotgun because it's uh, pretty much <laughs> useless now. But um, it's been an interesting uh, playoffs. You know, I really was hoping to see more out of Kevin Harvick and SHR at Bristol oh, and yeah. uh, Darlington. It was terrible. And, yeah, it was just... Uh, Little, little disappointing on that end, but um, yeah. Outside of that, it's been uh, you know, I think pretty straightforward. Yeah, the the w Ryan Blaney element is definitely interesting. I was thinking about this last night. Obviously, uh, now that he got the win at Talladega, locked into the next round, round of eight that is starting at Las Vegas on October fifteenth, and you know, so he gets to go into the Roval, you know, just kind of trying to collect as many uh, bonus points for the playoffs as he can, not needing a win, which is very much so stress-free in a venue like the Roval. Uh, but then he goes to Vegas where Vegas has shown to be a really good landing spot for, uh, Penske. They obviously have some, uh, partnerships with the, uh, the main title sponsor there when Pennzoil was the, the sponsor and then Homestead last year running really well, spun out on pit road. And I, when he goes to Martinsville, he has, I forget what the number is, but I think it was like 11 straight top tens. Like it was really kind of trending upwards with where Harvick is at Phoenix. And then when you look at Phoenix for Ryan Blaney, let's say he makes it to that point. He was the fastest car last year at that championship race, but 
with Chastain in third and his teammate Logano, who ended up winning the championship, a little bit of team orders were in play where, hey, keep him behind you, make sure Logano wins the championship. So it's an interesting stretch run here for Ryan Blaney, who nobody was talking about, uh, you know, kind of further along here. Dale really Jr. Had to was. Be... Dale Jr. was. Okay, so he, he saw that. He uh, picked him as a champion, out. I think, in the beginning of the year. And when he was picking his bracket, everybody was giving him shit and well damn look at look at dale jr well he's looking pretty good now and, and then i just laid out that uh you know kind of that race get uh, upcoming races for him let's look at uh the drivers that are currently outside the uh, cut line right now you have tyler reddick who's two back you have bubba wallace who's nine back and then ross chastain who's 10 back and kyle bush who's 26 back we already talked a little bit about kyle we have to think uh tyler reddick who is the odds on favorite right now to win this weekend you got to imagine he's going to get in on points. We would say that he would, but is there anybody else, Bubba or Ross, that maybe get up? And then if so, who maybe gets knocked down? Because there's going to have to be some flipping that goes on. Right now, Brad Keselowski is in eighth. He is uh, above the cut line, but only by two points. Yeah, I think it's going to be a toss-up, man. I mean, you know, this this racetrack is so tight, so technical. Uh, obviously, if you're a driver like Tyler Reddick that just excels at these road courses, um, I, I think you're going to have a leg up on, um, you know, going into the weekend. You'll have confidence. You'll have swagger. And, you know, I, I, but I just think it's going to come down to a unique wreck and unique situation, almost like you see at super speedways. It's it's just, you know, I feel like we've had races that seemed messy, and I, I, that's lack of a better word, and we've had some straightforward races. So mm -hmm. I, it could go either way. I think the drivers have finally found their comfort zone when it comes to the Roval. Um, so I, it's just, I think it's hard to, to really tell what's, what's going to happen. I, I, I think, man, I, I really hope Keselowski makes it into the next round, but my mind, and I don't have any stats, mm -hmm. but my, my brain says that he's just going to struggle here this weekend. And, and, um, you know, I, I think he could be one that bounces back into the, um, you know, the cutoff and, and we see Reddick jump into the, uh, move on to the round of eight. Yeah, I think that's probably the easy one to look at. The other element that we didn't get to talk about before is the fact that stage breaks are coming back to the road course this weekend where we've not had them this year. And I've, for one, I've loved it. Now, I know the racing action has been a little bleak where, you know, you don't have those drama elements, but I feel like as a race fan, that's fine. I don't need the the manufactured cautions to come out to bunch the field back up i get what nascar's doing i might not agree but i get what they're doing oh, i don't i don't necessarily them. think it's it's really nascar honestly i, I don't know i think no? uh yeah I, I think these tv um providers you know fox and nbc are are pushing a lot of the agendas that we're seeing nowadays and you know i i I don't know this for a fact. This is just my gut telling me, and, and we've heard right. Jeff Gluck and, and Jordan talk about this, but, um, you know, I, I didn't think the product was that bad. You're going to have, you know, to watch row courses play out naturally, I think is a special thing. Um, you know, you look at IMSA racing, WEC racing, Formula One, the, the NASCAR row courses are still 10 times more entertaining than any of those. Oh, yeah. And and yeah. I st and that's, that's even if you've thrown Watkins Glen where it just played out naturally. So, um, you know, I, I don't think we need the stages. I think, you know, some of these people, we just need to tell some of these people like, this is racing, man. You're not going to get a game seven moment every single race. Like it's just, right. it's, it's not the way this works. If you want to go watch a soap opera, then maybe NASCAR isn't for you to be honest. And, you know, some of these agendas that are being pushed from scheduling to the way now we're, we're, we're formatting races is i think a lot of it's coming from the tvs and um okay you know for for me i think that's a little unfortunate but i guess it is what it is and you know on that point i am really excited to see what nascar does with their xfinity streaming with um uh who's it with cw cw sports cw because you know the way i'm understanding it they are going to have more control over the entire product yep and you know, for me, that's exciting because right now we see the TV programming have a lot of control over scheduling, over what's yep. shown, over who's on it. And, and, you know, to be fair, I'm really excited to see what NASCAR can do when they have their hands on everything. You know, is it more of a technical broadcast? Um, 
you know, are we able to see different views, different insights, different perspectives? Uh, you know, there's there's so many doors that could be opened here if if NASCAR does you know something different, and I and I hope they do. Yeah, it's amazing to think back uh, when Directv had Hot Pass and that technology and those elements of being able to really have an in depth look at a driver, a team uh, in race uh, was so unique, and that was fifteen. 18 years ago and we have gone backwards uh, and it's 2023. So to your point, I hope that the same thing where we're able to NASCAR is able to pick more of that talent element and CW is able to, for Xfinity uh, really broadcast in a different way. We see it in, uh, you know, if you watch uh, the Thursday night football at the NFL and you see what Amazon prime is doing and how they have all this technology built in where you can somebody at home that is not, a football fan or doesn't know enough about it can easily pick it up because of how easy and streamlined they make it. So to your point with everything, I agree. I, I really hope that it's now is that 2024 is that 2025? I think it was 2025. Wasn't it? I think so too. Yeah. yeah. Cause TV deals run out next year. So I, yep. I think you're right there for 25. Um, yeah. So then that I was looking up here, even what Brad's done at the Roval. It's not great. His best finish uh, or last year he had a 14th place finish, but then, you know, you look at the road courses this year, each one is a different story, but Watkins Glen is his best finish of 15th, you know, so not, not great. No. Um, yeah. It's just a tough time for Brad to, to be so close to the cutoff line going into a race yeah. where that team's just going to have to make it happen. And, and in all honesty, I think, uh, you know, they, they have picked up the performance. And even though we've yeah. had a couple road courses during the time period uh, that, that we've seen them really start to come into their own, um, you know, I think they are in a better place. I think Brad's in a better place than he has been in the last three or four years. So he could easily go out there and, and, and perform in a way that we haven't seen. But again, like you said, historically, just not his best track going into a, a round where he's only above the cutoff by two. Um, yeah. So, you know, the okay. other one that, that I really am worried about and I is Martin Truex. And I think not, I'm not worried that he may not run well, just maybe not his strongest track here. And I do not want to see him fall out. I, it's one thing about this championship format that drives me crazy is, is even in the last round, it's, it would be extremely unfortunate to see a guy that had the performances that Martin Truex did the whole year, just fall out of the championship, um, mm -hmm. you know, over a couple bad race stretch here. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I really think once we get past this round, I think people need to watch out. He, he doesn't have great momentum, but it, he can, it can switch at any second. And I think this next round is, is pretty strong for him. Yeah. If he can make it see, that's the, also the name that I thought of too, because what's going to be really interesting is we talk about the stage breaks where if, if it's green and guys are coming down to, uh, you know, make a final pit stop, there are going to be some guys that are just staying out trying to get a win or trying to pit and get the win really kind of strategize that way. And there's going to be others that stay out and try to get stage points where a guy like Brad Keselowski, you know, if you have all these other contenders uh, now, obviously Byron and, and, uh, Blaney, they're going to pit. They're going to just try to go for the win. They don't care about the points. So um, it's going to be interesting. I, I would love to be a fly on the wall in some of these uh, team operating or team rooms where, you know, they're really talking through strategy. And all, obviously a lot of it is dependent on qualifying and where they stack up coming to uh, the end of those stages. So that'll be a fun element to watch uh, in person and uh, really kind of see how it all breaks down. But we know that there's going to be drama uh, associated with it. Then when you look at the Xfinity side, it's really tight as well as you know this week i believe this yeah this week is uh the cutoff race uh here at the roval and you have you know parker kligerman who we've had on before he's one point out uh where daniel hemrick is one point in uh in the good right now and uh sheldon Creed nine points to the good and then uh jeb burton josh berry uh sam mayer who's won uh a few road courses this year sam mayer's 34 points out so any surprises you see on that end what do you think happens with parker I, obviously, I mean, I would say he's a surprise, and I don't mean that in any bad way. It's it's great no. to see him fighting, just constantly fighting for to make it into the next round. It was fighting to make it in. Now it's yeah. fighting to make it in the next round. And 
you know, I, I think that I think that team could easily go out, especially with Parker's road course experience, could easily go out and and point their way in into mm-hmm. uh, the next round. Uh, Sheldon Creed, I love Sheldon. I think he's just you know such a calm, cool, collected driver. Um, love following him, uh, you know, through his progression through yep. you know the ranks, and he's just so out of sight, out of mind. I guess I'll say, and you know, to know that he is well into the not well into the next round he's not locked in but i mean he's got a pretty decent point buffer um you know I, i'm really excited to see what what he can do and um you know hopefully he can he can lock himself into the next round and and both rcrs move on to um you know fight for a championship well sheldon creed's only nine points to the good so there's some <clears throat> stress on him there there is some stress there, there is yeah. yeah um and and like you talked about with the stages it's that's one thing I don't like about the stage breaks is especially with the cup car, but uh, it's still, even with the Xfinity car, you either take stage points or you set yourself up for a win. And that's really what it comes down to at these road courses. And you can be set back to the mid twenties if you decide to take stage points and just not be able to pass. So it's Mm -hmm. the stage breaks at road courses are so bad, man. I cannot believe anybody allowed this to come back especially at the roval where again even with the cup race it's going to be so so difficult to pass that it's just kind of unfair to these guys it's it's not even i don't even know what you call it. it's it's so manufactured crap that it's yeah. it's ridiculous yeah i th- i'm with you on that for sure and it was interesting hearing your philosophy on how maybe it came down from the tv uh, networks and um, especially nbc obviously as they covered the uh, the event this weekend and you know that's the part of that i don't like is where it becomes an entertainment versus a sport and and i think some of that gets lost um here over the last few years obviously there's a netflix documentary being uh filmed so they're trying to drum up and and collect all the drama they can uh to put stuff out and uh, yes it grows helps grow a fan base but also there's so many uh, that are even compete, even the competitors. That this is a sport. This is their livelihood. This the problem is Netflix on um, Drive to Survive. They took Formula One, which I love, yeah. watch, respect. Um, they took that platform and made it entertaining by showcasing the emotions outside of the car. It's more than just yeah. the on track product, and that's what so many people fail to understand that the the, the race is actually only fifty percent of what you can provide fans and. It's it's just mind boggling to me that we cannot step away from the fact that we have to just ruin the on track product for no reason. There's there's so many other elements that we can provide the fans, so much more entertainment within the sport and and it's just again, it's it's I don't know, it's it's sad to me that we do some of the things we do. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out going in the next year. Um, you know, as we talk about the Roval, uh, you know, the road course crown, we have to talk about that because that was something that you came up with uh, this year as we were able to kind of dissect and look at who would collect the most points, who's the best, uh, you know, driver across NASCAR, the NASCAR Cup Series, you know, at places at Coda, Indy, Chicago, Sonoma, Watkins Glen. And now here we are this week when we get to uh, the Roval. So what do you think about uh, coming into the last week? And uh, who do you think comes out on top with the uh, road course crown? Yeah, I'm really excited about this, and it's it's been yeah. kind of fun because a, a couple teams have actually liked and retweeted the point standings. Yep. Um, Michael McDowell, who is in the lead, has has liked and commented on it. Um, but let me just run through the points real quick. Yep. Uh, in first place, we have McDowell with 180 points. Seven back is Byron in second. Third, Larson at 23. Uh, fourth is Bell, only 24 back, so one behind Larson. Uh, Reddick is in fifth, 25 back. So we got a tight, tight battle for third, fourth, fifth. Gibbs, Ty Gibbs, again, we've talked about how good he's been on these road courses this year. Uh, he's in sixth, 27th back. Uh, Kyle Busch, um, who has been phenomenal. I'm going to use, use Freddie Kraft's word, phenomenal <laughs> at road courses this year, minus, I believe, the Glenn. He had a hiccup, I think, there that really set him back because he was in the top three um in this road course crown battle throughout the yeah. year um uh chris busher also i think yep. he was up there for a while 
He's an eighth, uh, 29 back from McDowell. Martin Truex Jr., 34 back. And Denny Hamlin, minus 46 in 10th. So um, I think think it's tough to not bet on McDowell. Obviously, he was running very, very well. He was leading at Watkins Glen when I believe they had the pit road penalty. Um, I think he drove through too many boxes. And then, you know, they had another penalty with the... Men over the wall or something. So uh, he's just been lights out on these road courses all year long. Um, but again, Byron, man, Byron and Larson have been you know fantastic as well. So um, you know, I'd really, I really like to see McDowell and, and that front row team win this. I think it's really cool. I hope we see you know a lot more um, liking, retweeting, engagement. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something I really think NASCAR needs to do along with Denny Hamlin's bracket. I think these are two great yep. ideas, but. Um, you know, a championship within a championship, especially on these road courses where we have so many. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how many we have next year as the schedule will probably come out today. We'll talk about that later. But, um, you know, who's who's your pick to win? Well, it's interesting of that because, you know, William Byron started last um, at Indy and with like limited cautions, he didn't have any time to catch back up. So he had to come down pit road because they failed inspection three times and then know where he's at in these standings. And he only came back, I think, to finish 19th. Obviously, the next week at Watkins Glen got the win. So that really helped him. But yeah, you, you mentioned, I mean, Michael McDowell and that 34 team have just been so good when it comes to these races. So it is hard to bet against him. Uh, and he's a guy, you know, who I was just talking about earlier where, you know, he, what's he care about stage points? He doesn't give a rip about stage points. He just wants to get a win. So he's going to be a guy that is going to be on that, that kind of, um, you know, strategy where, Hey, let's just try to put ourselves in best position to get a win. We're not in the playoffs. We don't have to worry about points. So it's hard to bet against McDowell, like you said. So if everything runs green and there's no incidents, then I would say McDowell is yours to win for sure. So that'll be really interesting to see uh, kind of the final tally uh, there on Sunday night uh, when everything kind of comes out. But I think it's going to be, I definitely think it's going to be a fun one. You kind of teased as well the the schedule. And we've seen some things get released a little bit here. Uh, Iowa, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to Iowa. I have. Uh, you know, you have. I, okay, actually, so what... I got to participate in the first race ever at Iowa. It was a Hooters Pro really? Cup race. 2007, brand new facility. Um, or it was 2006, actually. I think it was 2006. Um, but anyway, I've been there multiple times. Huh. Um, it's just a fantastic facility. It's very much like I know a lot of people are worried. Um, you know, I love Richmond, so I hope it's just like Richmond, but it's not. It's and I said this, you'll laugh about this. Iowa is to Richmond what Michigan is to Auto Club. Oh, so, I believe that high tire wear track at Richmond, I, vastly different. Yes, very smooth. We talked with uh, Michael Cook, the engineer, earlier in the year uh, yep. about Richmond. Richmond is very, very, very smooth when it comes to bumps but it's very rough. Iowa is extremely rough, extremely, extremely rough track. Um, and it still has tire wear. So it is a very, very different, um, track when it comes to, uh, strategy setup, you know, all of the above. So I am really excited, uh, for cup series to be going out to Iowa. Um, you know, fantastic fan base out there, huge. And we've seen with the IndyCar series, this place knows how to put on an event, not just a race, an event. And I really hope that, you know, they do the same things that we see them do with IndyCar. And, um, you know, again, I, I posted something about the weather. I know it's not that, that easy. I know it's not that easy. I'm going to say it. I have empathy to the people that have to do scheduling. What a pain in the ass that must be and all the things above. But I'm still going to push this idea that if everybody were to schedule a race around weather, maybe not everybody, but majority, and you could kind of help dictate, you know, mm-hmm. whether or not the race happens. We see Bristol uh, spring race get rained out a lot, right? Maybe we need to move races around depending on weather trends and things like that. And, and I, you know, when I posted my mock uh, schedule, man, probably two months ago, a lot of that was dictated on weather trends. Yeah. If you look at Iowa, it is arguably the hottest and wettest month of the year. So um, <laughs> really hoping they get lucky and it's it's not the 95 degree average with the three and a half inches of, of average rain for all that month. Um, but well, it is a night race, too. 
it is, but it's still hot, man. I yeah. believe that. Oh, so, yeah. Where, I mean, where they, do people? Fl- where do teams fly? Uh, not teams. Where do um, like where do you fly in at? I was just looking at it on my phone as we were talking here. Like, what's the nearest city? To, I mean, obviously, I, all these big teams and stuff. They get chartered flights. They fly into regional airports. Um, right behind. When the I track. worked with yep. the Pro Cup team. I rode in the hauler the first year. The second yep. year, we flew into Des Moines. So, um, okay. you know, it's it's just a super fun area, and and you're seeing you know nascar we have iowa gateway uh chicago yeah um you know you have indycar that has a huge midwestern uh stance you know they the these race series are heavily uh involving the the midwest when it comes to scheduling and it's the fan base out there is fantastic they're they're great uh they love to party you look at road america what a great great fan base is there uh, it's it's just really exciting to see uh you know nascar kind of go towards that same trend and and um you know i was going to be a fantastic addition to the schedule yeah i'm looking forward to seeing uh, maybe i'll be able to go out there and experience that in person because like you said you've been saying a lot of it's a fun area to be a part of and i know they're going to obviously embrace uh, the sport coming out there i wish trucks were going to be there as well but obviously xfinity and and the cup series on father's day weekend um will be out there so that'll be a lot of fun uh yeah that'll be that'll be a really cool element to see next year is just going to be very interesting we know the season's going to end later because of the olympics uh was hoping and i haven't heard these rumors so i, I don't think they're going to end up being um true but i was hoping to see you know maybe a couple weekday races or more saturday nights or something to kind of keep the schedule uh where it is but there have been some rumors i'm kind of curious to hear what you think uh i'll go with the easy one texas going to a spring race your thoughts I mean, I love it. I, I do. Yeah. I love it. And again, we talk about the weather. It's a great, great move when it comes to weather. Um, yep. So anything we can do to get these fans, Kyle Bush said it, you know, when we went to Texas a couple weeks ago and it was hot as hell, he's not going to go sit up there and he doesn't expect anybody else to go up in those stands and sit in 90 degree weather in the sun. And, um, you know, again, I think weather is a huge thing. We need to start trying to schedule races around weather that is trending good. And and so a spring race at Texas, you know, I've also been to Texas and it's been cold, but the coldest I've ever been at a racetrack, I think it was in the spring at Texas. So, uh, you know, Texas is a hard one. They have a lot of crazy weather elements, um, you know, that go on there, but I think a spring race for Texas would be great. I think it's, you know, a, a time in which that track deserves a race. They does not deserve a playoff race, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we've talked about before, I'd love to see the Roval go back to the Charlotte Oval, and I would love to see them just tear Texas up and make a, a purpose-built Roval. Um, obviously, I don't think that's going to happen now, but, um, you know, it's just an interesting idea. Not sure what you do with Texas, especially now that IndyCar's gone. That was one good excuse to keep the the current layout was IndyCar's race was arguably one of the best races of their, their entire year, so... Um, will be interesting to see what what they do with Texas. I'm all for anything, especially if it involves taking it out of the playoffs. Well, it looks like the uh, you know the schedule. Anybody listening now already has seen the schedule, but it looks like the announcement's coming at about three o'clock here today, uh, Wednesday, October the fourth. So, uh, will be fun to kind of break all that down. But you were talking about Texas. Uh, my favorite race I think I watched this year was the IndyCar race uh, at Texas. I mean, you've gotten me into watching all these various series, and uh, to sit down and watch that race uh, was a lot of fun to watch. New Garden uh, pull out the win, and it was pretty much green you know for most of the part but uh good racing there there's there's other rumors i'm very curious to hear what you think obviously we know we're not going back to auto club ever um so that's not happening but Watkins Glen being in the playoffs your thoughts um you know for me even though i love road course racing i don't want to see more than one road course in the playoffs with that said i don't want to see i don't want to see the roval in the playoffs so right if we could swap those, but I know that's not going to happen. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not the worst decision I would ever, you know, I would have ever seen, but, um, you know, for me, I think one road course in the playoffs and one speed race in the playoffs. And that gives you eight, eight other chances to have Mm -hmm. short tracks, 
you know, mile and a half, so a good variety of what NASCAR is, and that is ovals. And and as, as much as you know, people, as much as I can say, I, I think NASCAR road course racing is the best road course racing in the world. It's it's we're still in the oval series, and I think that's what we need to showcase in the playoffs. Well, the other rumor going around right now is that Daytona is in the playoffs as well, um, which I, you know, I, listen, I get the whole, um, you know, the Olympics and everything, but man, just move, da- if we're going to move Daytona somewhere, just move it back to its original date, July 4th, and just uh, let it be there. Uh, but obviously they have a, an agreement with Chicago uh, around that same time frame. So what do you think about Daytona being in the playoffs along with Talladega? Uh, it's <laughs> that's nonsense to me yeah okay. i really I, I i don't know i i could go back on this this uh speedway hatred train if 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 we want to i i just i i don't think two super speedways in the playoffs is that we are just taking crowning a champion and figuring yeah, out that... the best way to to screw it all up in my opinion yeah, that does feel like uh, with two super speedways, two road courses, it, it, I don't know if it's determining a true champion. It feels like there's going to be a lot of luck that's involved at some of those places. It's, it's interesting because, um, uh, you know, Pat Noonan, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump across here. Pat Noonan, the okay. head coach of the Cincinnati FC, you know, football oh. doesn't traditionally have playoffs either. And he was talking about the MLS playoffs um yesterday he said i think that the season the season what they have throughout the year they have like a regular Mm -hmm. season um uh championship they call it the supporters cup he said i think that has now surpassed the mls cup in terms of relevancy and i think we keep pushing the playoffs the way we're pushing and moving the tracks around and and getting a little too crazy you know i I think we're gonna start uh, we won the the regular season championship in 2020 Everybody in the shop kind of shrugged it off, pushed the trophy to the side. We're here to win a championship. You know, we're we're headed down a path where people are going to start, you know, really celebrating the regular season championship or making the final four far more than the the championship itself. And mm-hmm. you know, I don't necessarily think that's a very healthy path to head down. Yeah, I think you're right there. Um, especially if the rumors of the schedule are, are what they are, and, and the short tracks package has been horrendous this year so that needs to really have some improvements next year obviously bringing on iowa is great um, but the package needs to change especially when we get into some of these shorter track uh, venues really cool to see bristol uh gonna have two concrete dates so the dirt is uh being taken off uh your thoughts your quick thoughts there i mean i couldn't be any happier to see the dirt race gone um again it's i i think there has been a lot of fantastic changes um to this schedule this year already a lot of the announcements we've heard um taking away the dirt race from bristol is arguably yeah. arguably my favorite you know it's it's going to be interesting though what they do with that 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 first date and i'm sure it's going to be in the spring for me on my mock schedule it's it's a midsummer it's a midsummer saturday night race and i know that'd be great i know people want to make the bristol night race the only Bristol night race, but I think the only thing you're going to be able to do to save that second Bristol date, which in my opinion is gone regardless, but it is make it either a late afternoon or, or late or a nighttime Saturday night race in midsummer. Um, you, you think the second Bristol date is gone? You think they yes, only race them yeah. once? Um, no, I think, I think this year they'll have two. Um, yeah, it's all hinging on what happens at the fairgrounds, in my opinion. Once those fairgrounds get Thank approved, you. okay, makes sense. And yep. I don't see, you know, it's kind of like Andretti to F1. I, I think it's just a matter of time. They're, you know, we talked to Steve Swift, they're, you know, getting the, the wagons together, they're getting ready as soon as they can pull the trigger. It's, it's going to be a fast boom, and that place is going to be ready to host the all star race. And I see North Wilkes Pro getting a points race. The all-star race going to Nashville. And um obviously that date that goes to Wilkesboro is gonna have to come from somewhere. And I see it being mm-hmm. Bristol, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's just, you know, if you can pack Bristol out one big weekend a year, um, you know, SMI will still get, you know, overall the money in their pocket, they'll still get the the that schedule, um, that date. Uh it's it's just for me, it's common sense. So uh, but again, mm. there's so many things that can happen and and uh fairground still has to get approved. 
I'm glad that you clarified that because I was trying to think about what you're what you were alluding to. But yeah, you're right about the fairgrounds. Uh, that's something we cannot uh, forget. One thing that we did not talk about, but we talked about a little bit with the uh, you know, road course element, is the uh, Indy Oval is going to be happening. We we heard that rumor time and time again. And then after the Indy Road Course event, uh, a couple of the SHR guys and a few other teams were testing, um, you know, it, at the Oval uh, the next day. So, what do you think about NASCAR? at its 30th anniversary of the Indy, uh, the inaugural Brickyard 400 going back and racing at the Oval. When we talked with Aaron, again, I, I hate to be a, a Debbie Downer or or a celebration, celebrator here. I Indy Road Course was easily my least favorite road course in the oh, series. Yeah. It's yeah. probably my least favorite road course in the entire world. Um, and so, you know, to, to take our cars back to the Oval, I'm, again, not a very big fan of, Indy itself. Um, sometimes I feel like we just don't belong there. But if we are in Indy, we deserve to be on that oval. And you know, I'm really excited to see what uh, Roger Penske, IMS, and, and NASCAR can do to really boost uh, what what it already feels like a mega event for for 2024. I mean, this is this is going to yeah. be something special. This is going to be something I think all the teams are going to really put extra emphasis on winning you know to to win the the 30th anniversary to win the return back to the oval is, is going to be something very special and um you know i think i think it's going to be a must-see must-attend event i would agree that'll be it'll be fun to see where they put that in the schedule um you know after the olympic break or right before it so that'll be a fun one to kind of dissect but yeah Again, another I mean, another race though in my opinion if we're talking about scheduling, this is a race. The Brickyard 400 needs to be in the playoffs, needs to be in the playoffs. And that's for prestige. It's for playoff boosting ratings. Uh, it's going to be tough during the, the NFL season, but it's also for the weather. Right. That race that's... is, again, just a boil over every single year of how hot and miserable it is out there. Um, you know, I, I would really, really like to see the Brickyard 400 in the playoffs. And I, I think it would, you know, outside of having to fight the NFL, run on a Saturday. Who cares? Run on a Saturday I, I afternoon. And it, I, I would love to see it as one of those marquee 10 races at the end of the year. The, the series that really gets the most benefit of the Olympic break is SRX because that's right over the same time as the Olympics, uh, as you know, Don Hawk and his team have really put that summer series together. That is really going to open it up to all these cup guys that uh, get an invite. Now, I know there's not 30 cars available for these guys to race, but um, with SRX being in its third or fourth year, uh, I believe it's its third year, um, it would be a lot of fun to see how many of these cup guys get a phone call of, hey, there's an extra car. Uh, you want to come down and race wherever. So that'll be fun to watch that series. What am I, kind of th- what am I missing here when it comes to the Olympics? Because I still don't understand why we have to take a two-week break. NBC. That's why. Again, it's all here we NBC. go with, the, with, with these NBC. TV broadcasters yep. having to... What, forever, we didn't... There have been Olympics for, for as long as NASCAR has been around. And now suddenly we have to stop our season for two weeks because the Olympics are on? I mean, trust Correct. me, and I, I love the Olympics. I watch some Olympics, but... It's not going to stop me from watching four hours of a race on a Sunday afternoon. I mean, oh, what? believe believe me, I know. Yeah, you and I both. But it's it's NBC. Their financial investment is that is priority one. So like uh, Rick Allen and all those guys yeah, are going to be a part of different things. Ridiculous. So it takes their talent and uh, moves them over there. So it yeah, it no, is no sense to me that we allow it, them to do this. I I would agree with that. Um, but we've also gone backwards in some ways uh, as a sport. And so we've put ourselves in a position where this is okay. Um, but hopefully going forward, whenever the 2024 contracts are up and uh, 2025 contracts are found through another partner or renewed in some spots, hopefully all this is taken care of over the next The only thing years. that I like about it is that these, is for the these teams. crews, yes, yes, the crews and the teams get time off, especially headed in the playoffs. Yeah, it's 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 perfect. I, I like the break, but the reasoning is just absolutely ridiculous in my in my opinion. If if you can spread the breaks out, or if there's a better Correct. way, but just tell me that no, you guys are shutting down for two weeks because the Olympics are on is is laughable Be- in my opinion. Because what 
the series only got two, like the cup series only got two weeks off this year, right? Like one, that's it. One. Okay. One. Yeah. One. And before it was like three, you know, sometimes three, three, four, um, like I'm talking back. Yeah. Then. yeah. I, I and I know like there weren't as many three. tracks. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's good to get those. Like you said, it's good to get those teams breaks, but unfortunately then for them, when they come back, you know, uh, what is that? Very early August or very late July, whenever it is, it's going to be like now you have 14 weeks to the finish. And it's like that almost feels like it's just just putting a band. You're just putting a bandaid on it. And, you know, like you said, not giving them adequate breaks. You know, here's a break, eight races, another break. Um, but, yeah, it'll be really I think 2025, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but 2025 is going to be really interesting in a whole lot of different um, aspects. What does the car look like? What do the TV contracts look like? Where are we going for the Bush Lakes? clash where you know all sorts of things uh you know when's the race at rockingham that you're going to be attending that year um everything so i remember uh, everybody was like oh the all-star race is giving at rockingham this year <laughs> and then the, oh thank you for squashing that <laughs> books, bro. thank you oh. well yeah i don't i didn't remember hearing too many people say the all-star your mentions obviously got a lot more there than i did but i i mean we probably will be at rockingham at some point i'm gonna laugh my ass off uh, when that happens but yeah not to get too far ahead for those years it'll be fun to see what happens uh you know kind of going forward but some of the other news uh real quick just kind of get your thoughts on it because this is stuff that happened here as of late but spire motorsports buying kbm buying out the charter at live fast um doing the partnership or yeah buying uh yeah they're just as i wrote down on my notes here spire buyer so what do you think about spire and everything they've been doing because i mean that really put a little pep in uh cory lajoy's step i heard over the weekend yeah i mean it's it's a it was a monumental couple of weeks for i think the sport as a whole and yeah um you know i think it just proves exactly what the the charter system was intended to do and that's bring value to the owners and that's exactly what's done um 40 million dollars for the least profitable charter in the cup series which translate let's say let's say you could sell a charter for 50 that means to have a four car cup team just to just to compete just to have a just to have the okay to go race is 200 million dollars and that's where the f1 um you know the f1's uh buy-in platform that's where they're currently at now they're talking about obviously bumping that up more but when you talk about an owner being able to sit down at his desk and know that he has 200 million dollars worth in his team that's a great thing that's a great thing for ownership um that's a great thing for the people that work at the race team it's great for the the fans it's it's boosting the confidence it's boosting the value of our sport and and we're in a place we've never been this is just it's it's like christmas morning to see this and and this is going to bring in more sponsors more more teams that are actually trying to win cup championships than ever before this field the next couple years is years is going to be absolutely stacked full of teams um that are capable of winning races on a regular basis and you know that's that's great for everybody it's great for the fans it's it's this nascar financially is exploding mm-hmm. now you know when it comes to tv ratings and other things you could go down that rabbit hole and 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 start talking about that but when it comes to the financial side when it comes to the ownership side um we're in a better place than we've ever been and it's really exciting to see you know kbm you know what a it's tough with the truck series right you know, we've seen Red Horse go. We've seen, um, man, there was a list. Uh, 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 Brad Keselowski racing go. We've seen Kevin Harvick racing go. So the truck series kind of yeah. seems to have this trend of fl- yeah, flip-flopping teams, opening, closing. Um, but still, it's really sad to see teams like GMS and KBM mm-hmm. kind of go away, even though, obviously, KBM will still be open under the Spire banner. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Kyle has announced that he is still going to have play a role in, um, you know, some management side of that team. But, um, you know, again, a, a big, big, big couple purchases by that Spire group. I mean, we're talking, I don't know, we know 40 million for the, the charter. Mm-hmm. I would assume, Kyle, that that building is 
a beautiful building. It's state of the art. Um, that's got to be a $20, $25 million purchase just for KBM. So these guys are out here investing a lot of money. Now, yeah. the part that I'm very curious about is exactly what's going on with that charter that Spire bought. Because we know Zane Smith, who is signed with Trackhouse, is mm-hmm. going to be in that charter. We know Justin Marks has said multiple times now in the past couple of weeks that he wants a third team. So yeah. my question is, where exactly did the money come for this charter? And where exactly is this charter going to end up here in the next couple of years? Is it going to be transferred over to Trackhouse? Is there some sort of agreement here um, or Spire keeping it and Trackhouse is going to go have to find another um, charter from somewhere. So a lot of things moving um, around what comes to the charters. Obviously, who's going to buy and sell in the next couple of years? Does Stuart Mm -hmm. Haas keep all four? You know, there's some talks that they might not be keeping all four of their charters. Um, You know, there's, there's so many opportunities here. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people were complaining about, you know, well, this is keeping Dale Jr. out now. Dale Jr. had the opportunity to buy a charter at five million, he had an opportunity to buy a charter at 10 million. I don't know where this is going. I, I don't <laughs> think we're gonna get much higher, but hey man, yeah, he... it's it's a free market for anybody. They can it's not like the F the uh, Formula One the FIA. Uh you wanna you wanna come pay, you can come play. So yeah, it'll be uh yeah, like you said, I mean, he didn't buy it at the bottom. Uh part of its value there, it keeps rising, which is good for the sport overall. Um, uh, but to your point as well about Spire and, and Trackhouse, where's that uh maybe go? I would I would say probably lends towards the Spire side because Spire is the one that has some of those even the trucking uh alliance that they have uh, in that series and uh we know SVG is going to be racing the 41 truck next year, so it's this is a different NASCAR. This is uh this is not your father's NASCAR. This is a different um time of you know being a part of the sport, ownership, and you know, RCR, Hendrick. We we just saw Brad Kislowski and, and Roush kind of team up. Like there's just it's a different evolution. Yeah. So it's gonna be and it's crazy. I, I think I mean not just the you know, the owners we see coming in, we see 2311 building these brand yeah. this brand new building. Um, we see Trackhouse, you know, turning their building into a um, something to visit and see. You know, I mean, an yeah. actual—it's not just a race shop; it is a an experience to go there. Uh, I've heard Brad Keselowski is considering just building an entire new shop, a new modern shop that that fits the business model, fits the mm-hmm. the fan model. Um, you know, this sport is quickly—I mean just shifting in such a different direction in a great direction for fans especially it's it's yeah. not even even for the the people that work at the sport i mean you could sit here and argue whether you like or don't like the next gen car as a fan or as somebody that works in it but when it comes to eyes on the series the fan experience um and even the the worker experience i mean the the workplace is going to become more friendly it's it's probably i i see pay increases here coming uh, in the future where, um, you know, there's, there might be less people, but it's a lot like the sports car world where maybe, you know, the, the, uh, the work environment is maybe a little bit more laid back, less stressful. So just from top to bottom, so many great things happening in the sport right now, um, that both fans and, and people that want to work in it can be excited for. Hey, let's get some of these uh, content creators some money. Let's let's have some partnerships with NASCAR or teams or something like that. I know that's not your your call, but that's my hope eventually. Yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see what what the direction um, you know you see with the NFL. It all depends on you know the sanction by itself, but you see with the NFL now it's different with the NFL because the NFL oh, yeah. is so powerful that you know they can reap the benefits of giving content and experiences and um, mm-hmm. the ability to create content to these people for free. And it's going to make their series grow even more. And and they are not going to see any kind of, uh, I don't know what the word is, any kind of bad repercussions out of it. And mm-hmm. and really bad, I just mean financial or, yeah. I don't yeah. know. For me, for me, anything in, in with the sanctioning body outside of, safety issues or things like that i mean any kind of press is good press whether it's talking about the race the drivers the team members whether team members are talking drivers are talking team owners Mm -hmm. fans you know one thing i'd like to see is is 
you know, NASCAR have more of a, a role in, you know, you, you have the herd, you have first take, you have all these sports shows. And that's one thing I miss in NASCAR is we don't have any show that, you know, freely talk. We have DBC. DBC is arguably uh, the best show for NASCAR. And whether you like them or don't like them, it is an open conversation. It is, you know, everything that the show that you see on these these weekday, weekday sports shows, um, you know, that you get out of it. And kind of going down again, a, a, a lost oh, path yeah. here. But, um, yeah, as when it comes to content creators, we need to you know, empower these people. They are one of the most powerful tools when it comes to showcasing the sport um, and, and bringing the sport um, to the future. There's no other sport in the entire world that it gives the opportunity for fans to have engagement with drivers, teams, track uh, than NASCAR. So it's like a win-win. Here's some boots on the, here's some, just pay some people to do be boots on the ground that want to be there and they will promote the hell out of your sport. So um, hopefully maybe one day we'll see uh, what happens, but um the, the other thing that I wanted to kind of touch on, and then if you had anything else and we'll get out of here, was the uh, the punch heard around the world, Nick Sanchez and Matt Crafton. What did you think of that when that uh, came out? was blowing up. It was on ESPN. It was on Barstool Sports. It was, you know, all a buzz on Twitter. What did you think of that? Um, just, you know what I mean? Race car drivers, emotions boiling over. Um, True. It's funny how different the two sides the stories of two sides are. I mean, one guy says he gets sucker punched. The other guy says they had a, a not a conversation, but they had recognized that they were face to face, and one of them had threatened the other. Uh, it's, it's it's hard to even comment, no, not knowing anything. I mean, it's uh, you know, again, it's it's a playoff race. The, the move initially, I think, you know, the bottom lane was b- below the yellow line, so. I think Crafton was caught off guard by how low that bottom lane was. I think uh, Nick maybe went for a move that he probably had, you know, enough room to make, but maybe he shouldn't have. It's it's just, you know, it's just racing yeah. in my opinion. It was just a racing situation. Uh, it's, it sucks for them both. I think the penalty that they handed out was, was proper. I think it was a, a good penalty. I don't want to see anybody get suspended for that. Um, the dad, you know, Nick's dad getting uh, suspended for the year. Again, I the it's so hard. That right. video is like so clear, but it's so hard to tell what did what and who did what. For me, I don't like seeing anybody jump into the middle of a fight. But in my opinion, that fight was over pretty quick. Uh, you know, poor Nick, he he got dotted pretty pretty hard there. So uh, <laughs> he got messed up. Yeah, I, I think that fight needed to end, and I don't know if the dad was trying to end it and got you know whatever. So it's it's yeah. just I think it was a proper end. Uh, to that situation you know it'll be interesting to see how they race each other moving forward but um you know i think matt crafton is an incredible personality for the truck series i love having these old veterans there um yeah you know i'm really i see a lot of people oh, it's time to retire i mean i hope matt crafton races until the end of time as far as i'm concerned he brings great sponsorship um you know and, and i love having him in that series and and it'll be exciting to see what what Nick does with his future. So, yeah. Yeah. It would be, uh, yeah, that was just crazy to see uh, that play out. I remember I was over at the shop helping uh, Brielle. And next thing I know, I look up and uh, this video from front stretch is just making its rounds. So it was definitely interesting to hear some of the different perspectives as well. But um, that was, you know, putting NASCAR in a, um, uh, on the map, I would say this weekend with the truck series. So where people probably weren't going to be talking about it a whole lot to see that happen. Uh, obviously you want to see it in better circumstances, but, uh, nonetheless, it made its rounds across some of the major players in the sports industry. Uh, anything else we didn't touch on that you wanted to get to Andretti? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's great to see Andretti, uh, get approved by the FAA, FIA. Um, and that is, or the FAA, I, whatever they want, yeah. maybe both. <laughs> and I, I think, you know, there's still, they still have to get approval through, um, formula one management, you know, work with the teams, but to get approved by the FAA, I don't think that formula one management or the teams have any kind of real leg to stand on to not allow them to actually participate in formula one in the next couple of years. So it's really exciting to know that really they're basically just working on the details of what and how, how much they're going to pay. Obviously, we just talked about the $200 million. 
Um, you know, they want to bump that up to 600 million, which is a bit aggressive in my opinion, but, um, you know, I, it's, it's good to see Andretti have that backing from Cadillac from Gamebridge that if, if that's the case, I don't think they're going to blink an eye. I think they're going to go pay for it and he's going to be in the sport. It'll be interesting to see when they join, you know, whether or not, obviously 2024 is way, way too early. I mean, these teams have been developing next year's car already for months. Yeah. Uh, so 2024 is out of the question. Do they join 2025 with the 2026 regulations, um, you know, being introduced where there's new cars, new engines, um, a whole bunch of changes. Uh, do they wait till 2026? Um, you know, I know a lot of people are already being hired here in the States, engineers and um, crew members. So uh, they are gearing up, they are preparing as if it is happening. And, and I truly believe it is going to happen. So it'll just be interesting on how, when, how much they pay and um, all those little details, but really exciting stuff. I think it's going to be a, a true American race team, which is going to be, uh, you know, uh, it's going to be nice to have a, a real American race team in Formula One. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the, uh, you know, people here in the States really rally around that team and, and feel like they have an invested interest uh, in that. So that'll be a lot of fun because we've seen definitely in the betting world, we've seen how many markets are able to be created in F1 versus what NASCAR is. So there's already a lot of support there. So that'll be fun to kind of uh, rally around a team, like I said, uh, that's based out of the U.S., uh, like Andretti. So. I mean, I'm excited about 2024, but we do have five more weeks of 2025 left from the NASCAR side of things. And then obviously F1 coming to Vegas uh, in the middle of November. You got the Snowball Derby. You got all these types of uh, other sporting events as well, or motorsports events, I should say. So uh, anything else uh, that you wanted to touch on that we didn't yet? No, I think that's it. I uh, It's 10.23 a.m., so I'm going to go uh, change real quick. I have to go grocery shopping. Emily's at work, so I have to get the camper packed, um, get that all ready, and uh, as soon as she gets home, we're going to load up and we're going to head to the Outer Love Bank. It. So I am super excited for that. Um, you know, it's it's supposed to be mid-70s as high, mid-50s at night, so it's going to be great. Uh, land shark and campfires on the beach weather. Um, so just really can't wait to get out there. Well, leave that uh that front door key under your your mat. I swear, Potter and I will not come and trash your house. I swear, we will not. <laughs> we've not talked about it or thought about that at all. So don't you worry. Good, but no, yeah, I hope I you guys. Are you fun. heading down this week still? I am. Yeah, yes, heading good, down. Yeah. yeah, not not. I'm not taking a personal that the moment I head down, you leave. Um, so not taking that personal at I all. Know. But I... it's a bummer. Uh, so yeah, I'll be at Charlotte this week. I'll be at uh, Homestead in two weeks, and then I'll be at Phoenix and uh, to close out the championship. So got some uh, racing events that I'm looking forward to being a part of. And and Homestead I've never been to. The Roval I've never seen. So. I'm looking forward to being a part of that and uh, interacting with some uh, those in the industry doing some networking. So if anybody is listening that wants to uh, meet up, say hello. I'd love to do that this weekend as I'm at the Roval um, and would love to uh, thank you for listening to the show for sure. So, Brian, I hope you have so much fun, you and Emily, and uh, enjoy your time. And, uh, you know, it's been a while since you've been away. So it's about time you got out of town. Yeah, no, it'll be good. Um, really excited. And I, guess what? I'm not busy next week at all. So maybe we can actually do a back to back episode here. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, we'll get get. Yeah, we have five weeks left. We'll get some yeah. guests. We'll do yeah, some yeah. things. We'll have some fun. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm down. You you go and enjoy your vacation, your time away, and uh, we'll see how everything plays out this weekend. And uh, can't, again, can't thank you enough, man. Looking forward to doing this here in the next few weeks. Sounds good. Have a good one.